This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. Well, before we get into the Plymouth result and an exhilarating week for Leeds United, special thanks to Bass and Bly, sponsors of the podcast, where you can buy all your binocular and camera gear. Here's David Dean's jingle. Oh, Bass and Bly and Magic, Justin wears a magic hat. Independent, trusted dealers, you'll hear it on Leeds that Canon, Nikon, Fuji, Leica, Sony and the rest. If you want a decent camera, Bass and Bly have all the best. 60 years in cameras, we really know our stuff. Justin's here to serve you, he can never do enough. If it's cameras that you're after, pop in for a chat. When at home for footy, Justin listens to Lisa. Oh, Bass and Bly and Magic, both new and used on view. If you need binoculars, we've plenty of them too. Spotting scopes and lenses, all state of the art. Bass and Bly in Harrogate and you'll be very smart Oh, Bass and Bly and Magic, we don't sell no tat We are here to serve you, you will hear it on Leaves Act With Rocco and Bielsa Books and James with so much wit Bass and Bly sells cameras and all the other shits Still love it, brilliant stuff, thanks David And uh, yeah, make sure you go to www.bassandbly.com or 6 Bueller Street in Harrogate to get yourself camera repairs, cameras, binoculars, lenses, all that sort of stuff. Well, like I say, exhilarating week at Ellen Road. Rocco, well, not at Ellen Road, I've been there, but Rocco, you do the roundup on the website. It is called Rocco's Roundup because we like alliteration. It works well if you're an author and best selling author. Best, sorry, best selling published author esteemed published author um, much loved much loved by Rocco's dad, dad and my dad <laughs> so yeah what about anything we should recap on that's happened this week anything that stands out oh god I can't remember what I wrote now <laughs> if you got any prompts and you got it in front of you uh, I should I, have been I should have been ready for this bloody look at this like he can write books can't I'm plan. scrambling now so Sunday night, this passed us by actually because we were recording the podcast, but ex-Leeds player Max Gradle won a winner's medal at the AFCON, which is a fantastic achievement. I've, I didn't even know he was still playing. That, was, that in itself is yeah. amazing. 
I know. I was surprised. 36. And yeah, he had the armband. I don't think he's, he's not the country's captain, but he had the armband in that final. I think I suppose the captain might have gone off or whatever. And yeah, he's, so he's captained them to glory. It's his second African Nations title. So I had a look at his career and it's been pretty great, I suppose. He's played in the World Cup. He's played, well, won the Cup in France for Toulouse, played for mighty Bournemouth in the Premier League, like all our stars are so desperate to do. Yeah, he's, he's had a great career and I love Max. He was uh, absolutely right up there as one of my favourites. So thrilled for him that he won that. And I think he was always Leeds as well. Like I saw a couple of tweets coming out of him, like bigging up Leeds over the years. So yeah, very happy for Max. It's a legend. This is why I like your roundup because it does remind me of, well, it's always like a pleasant reminder of some of the dark times as well. So the last sentence, talk about Max Gradle. And Ken Bates couldn't even get three million quid for 23-year-old Gradle after an 18-goal championship campaign. So true that. So, so incredible. That was, that was like the end for me. Like Grayson was doing really well up until then. And then to sell him for that money and replace him with Danny Pugh, Oh my God. Like, I know it does get worse than that because of the Becchio Morrison thing, but it's not, I don't even think it's that much worse. It's, it's horrendous. Like what the hell, how could that happen? So yeah, still, still bitter about that. But yeah, I'm looking at the roundup now and uh, my favorite thing out of the whole thing is definitely Rutter in that video <laughs> with the good luck messages to the 49ers and he's like a like a mental asylum patient <laughs> it's like Rodon like just pops his head through the door and Rutter's like staring out of a window and he just turns around and starts screaming NFL 49ers so yeah uh, absolutely lots of that I think he is my spirit animal I do like <laughs> him I do love the man there's one of the other moments in that clip of asking them who they think would win the Super Bowl was Melio when he's coming down the stairs and he's obviously just, someone just caught him and he's like, do we have a choice? <laughs> nice. Anyway, oh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, you, you, well, I mean, we won't dwell on this because I don't want to dwell on the negative vibe, Rocco, Rocco Dean, <laughs> but you did say that the San Francisco 49ers also had been six seconds away from victory, then lost in overtime. So very leads yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw, I didn't see it live, obviously, because I don't care at all. But like I, I managed to catch on one of the reruns, I flicked it on and there was like, yeah, like 15 seconds left. So I watched the last 15 seconds. It took about 15 minutes. And yeah, they, yeah, I wouldn't say they blew it. it the commentators seemed like, yeah, convinced that it was going to happen, actually. So it didn't, yeah, it wasn't as dramatic as it sounded. But uh, yeah, I have no idea about that sport. But yeah, I always said a one, I suppose. San Francisco 49ers are doing a good job for us. So got to wish them well. Yeah. And on the Tuesday, what a night in Wales. The mighty Pinks crushed the sorry swans with a virtuoso performance. I think your words were rocker. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant night. Shrove Tuesday, we flattened them. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, that would have been better. Yeah, we flattened them. We pan we we pancake. I don't know. <laughs> it was a fantastic, easy win, wasn't it? Like we just, yeah, just tore through them at will. It was ridiculous, actually. It made me a bit worried for Saturday, as we'll come on to, just because it was so easy that I, yeah, was worried that we were all lulled in a in a soft, soft, false sense of security. 
because all matches aren't going to be as easy as that one was. It was just, yeah, it was just just perfect, really. Got the two early goals, killed it off, and then thankfully it didn't matter because yeah, if it had been nil-nil or one goal in it going into the second half and we had that pixelation situation, I would have been absolutely, well, I'd have been, I was tearing my hair out anyway. I was so angry about that. It's like you would never, ever see that in the Premier League. It's never happened. And they were trying to blame the rain. They kept going on about the rain. It was nothing to do with the bloody rain. They just they were just like too lame to sort it out. So yeah, that was absolutely infuriating because I was really enjoying the game. And then, yeah, you, you, you could pretty much make out what was happening. Like Gradle's goal, I thought it was like going wide and suddenly he was celebrating. Gradle? Yeah. Did I say Gradle? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Willie. Willie got another couple, didn't he? Bless him. Not forgiving him yet, but I'm happy. Oh, I thought I was going to come on to that later on. Maybe you can think about it some more. I, I enjoyed the the Swans beat, the, the Swans video theme, because it was like, they had a hashtag that was Jacks at Home that people were tweeting, and the commentator was like reading them out, and it was just loads of Leeds fans. <laughs> I think they were just pleased to be getting loads of Leeds fans watching their <laughs> channel. Um, yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, Ipswich, and well, we could probably sort of jump jump ahead to everything else that's going on. So Sam, Southampton, well, Ipswich should be thrashed. Millwall at the den. Was it 4-0? Did it finish there as well? Yeah, 4-0. Match does. And uh, Southampton had a win on Friday night as well. So they lost there. Don't, don't forget the loss. That changed everything. You can't can't just miss that out. Yeah, I am sort of glossing over that because Rocco's been doing my head in in the WhatsApp this week. Talking about has already been promoted, but it's probably a bit of a spoiler. You haven't been doing my head in. It's just, I'm just saying that for dramatic effect. Yeah, I know. And I was I was being purposely overconfident because I know you hate it so much. But yeah, Southampton, I mean, it sounded like they deserved to lose. Bristol City were excellent. They weren't able to be excellent against us. So that's a good sign. And yeah, turned it on its head. It's now, now in our hands. And I think we can still draw a game and it would still be in our hands with the goal difference as it is. And with playing them on the last day at home. So, all good. That's forgetting about Ipswich, I think. But let's just forget about them anyway. <laughs> Although, I still think they're a good team. Like, they will, you know, Ipswich will, you know, they're doing great. Like, they could, they're still a nuisance. They're still to be thought of. Like, we can't really just write them off. That no way. Be, uh, that would be arrogant. Yeah, no way. We shouldn't be writing anyone off. Ask me, I've got a question to ask you. Remind me to ask you about that question. So, you're going to have to ask me the question. To remind you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So one thing I found quite interesting from the, from the Plymouth, no, Swansea game. Sorry. Yes. Last point on that was Leon Britton was on the, the commentary. I think it was. And he said that there was a local journalist and they all used to give interviews to this local journalist because if they didn't, they always got a poor player rating in his, in his ratings in the paper. <laughs> So it made me think, like, maybe we need to incorporate this into our ratings. I mean, not that anyone cares, but, you know. Yeah, no, I like that. Absolutely. Why not? Let's do it. Let's get full of ourselves. So going into Plymouth game, 12.30 kickoff down in one of the most southerly points of Britain. Fantastic. So it meant a lot of Leeds fans were traveling at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. There's a few people with a screenshot of 3.30 3.30 and it was, they were drinking Stella's in the back of a car, like, good form. I mean, that, well, they probably just carried on for the night before, I guess. Heidi Haig, she was 2.20am, so she oh. always puts a, puts a video of posts on her way to the game when they're about to set off and 
Yeah, 2.20, she got to, to the Ellen Road to get on the coach. Hadn't slept. She was going to sleep on the coach, so I hope she did. It's an unbelievable effort, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, so good. And there was a, a good piece in The Athletic today, actually, that, that Phil Hay wrote, which was about Sky and the relationship with Leeds United fans. And, and Sky actually reached out to the club to ask how they could help keep the peace with Leeds fans. Well, you stop fucking moving games. <laughs> stop, stop moving games to the most furthest point in the <laughs> calendar to a 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. How about that? Be a good start, wouldn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, uh, Can you believe they've even asked that question? I know, I know. What is going through their heads? And what I found interesting was there was a, a bit of insight there that Leeds had more than the first four games of the championship combined in one fixture. More viewers, sorry. So Okay. So I think there's wow. 600,000 viewers of those four combined and Leeds had way more than that. So it just goes to show you why they do move a lot of our fixtures around, but it doesn't, it causes us a world of pain. Anyway. It does. There's nothing you can do. Well, it's, it's the way that it's going to be, but yeah, it's just, that is so in, like, inconsiderate. Like that's literally taking the piss, making us do that for Plymouth away. Like, you know, put us on, well, I don't know. Is there a good time? There probably isn't to be fair. I don't know. Saturday evening would be a, a better one, I suppose. But yeah, it's just, just don't televise that game. <laughs> yeah, basically that. The first thing I noticed about this game was when the, all the mascots had left the pitch and they started to do that little walk and handshake, none of the Leeds players were smiling. Like, none of them. Like, you know, like, no niceties or whatever. And I liked it. It was like, it was that sort of steel face that Farker always talks about steel, doesn't he? And, and, I, and I just got that. I got that impression from them. And I just feel like we're a, we're a bit of a different animal now, a ruthless animal. No, there doesn't appear to be any nerves in the side, just a lot of composure and a lot of, a lot of belief, which is, which is awesome. Like, cause it, that, that filters into everyone. And I don't think, have we, have we had this like in years? Like, I don't think we've ever had this kind of belief, have we? No, I'd say not since Grayson in the league one promotion for that. Well, first half of that season. So yeah, not in the championship. It's absolutely amazing. And yeah, all those qualities that you've just listed we needed them all like yeah the way that that match turned out yeah we we needed that steely professionalism to be able to come through it it could have been a horrible one that couldn't it when you look at like yeah. it could the 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 sort of the book end of that mad traveling that we've had over the last couple of weeks and it, it could have been an absolute horrible one couldn't it yeah it, that, yeah that's the thing you i mean that's why i think we we're both a bit pessimistic on the day of the game just because, I, yeah, I just feel like at some point it's going to happen. But then, you know, when you look at the team, like it doesn't have to happen. You know, teams do go on these runs. You know, Man City do it, you know, every season. And we're in that sort of mood at the moment. And, you know, the fixtures coming up apart from Leicester, you know, they're all against, you know, teams right near the bottom. And you think, well, you know, surely at some point we're just going to mess up. But. But maybe not, you know, Farker's an absolute, you know, he's, he's an animal in this league. He's, he's done it before with Norwich, you know, they'll just keep winning. And yeah, maybe, maybe we can do the same. It's, it's just looking, we just look absolutely awesome in every, in every department. It's amazing. Our, our firstborn had swimming lessons this morning and whilst she was in there, I was just scrolling through Twitter as you do. But no, no encouragement from the sidelines from me, just looking through Leeds, <laughs> Leeds Twitter. And uh, I, I stumbled across like a thread of some people talking about what, what coat Farker wears. And I started looking at these <laughs> like coats. I was like, oh, these are quite nice. Really expensive, as you can imagine. 
But yeah, very nice. Anyway, I digress. Maybe it's, maybe it's that what smells so nice. Maybe, maybe it's his coat. Maybe it is. Oh yeah. Just hang on. Just to clarify that, if anyone hasn't listened for a few weeks, Justin Basson Bly, he saw Daniel Farker in Sainsbury's and he said he smelled incredible. That's not Rocco like just sniffing his, <laughs> sniffing his seat weird. or anything. I've got in my notes here, Somerville missed offside. The replay didn't look like he was offside. Yeah, it was tight, wasn't it? But who cares? Let's not forensically <laughs> analyze all the all the decisions. Yeah, We're not in the Premier League yet. That's fair enough. Right, so <laughs> Rutter, he was... So the, the ball was sort of pinging around off heads, wasn't it, over on the far side when, you know, watching back the highlights. And uh, Rutter basically lumped the ball into a space that he knew that was there. Deliberate, wasn't it? He knew, he knew where Nyonto would be. And Nyonto, I think, probably tried to do a Farker-esque touch, didn't he, and like bring it close to <laughs> but it. But it... But he sort of rolled around the defender quite nicely and his pace sort of got him around the defender. Sort of like miss hit, what do you want to say? It sort of rolled off his foot, didn't it? In the bottom right corner off the post, but goal's a goal, isn't it? Yes, I'm feeling extremely generous towards Willie, despite not forgiving him. So, But Patriot. I'll come on to that. The, the ball from Rutter reminded me so much of Rodrigo's famous assist for the Arsenal game last season. God, like just, a, just a wild hunt up and under into into space. But I think it was like sort of calculated a little well, bit. Well, well, listen to this actually, because Nonto said this full time. He said, we had a throw in and I know that Georgie likes to play the ball one touch, said Nonto. So I was just trying to think where the ball would go. And the ball was a bit difficult. The touch was all right, but it just went in. I was a bit lucky is what he said. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, so I think his first touch, I, th- I think he... I think he was sort of making sure that the ball went in that direction, hoping that it didn't go too far away from him. It didn't look like a confident touch and it definitely wasn't like great technique. But I think he sort of, yeah, I think he sort of half did it on purpose and then managed to steer it in the right direction. So I think actually Nyonto did really well there. Like obviously got got the rub of the green, but yeah, well played because I mean, that's that ball coming out of that sky to do anything with it, you know, especially like with the pressure of if he controls this, he's like, he's in on goal with a clear chance to score. So that going through his head, all that time to think about it as it drops. Yeah, I think he did really well. And did he pull a face at their fans? Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, was, Rocco, you yeah. really, you really, <laughs> you're in that sort of mood where anything he does is like, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah. like when it's like, uh, I don't know, like a, a, a girlfriend like from when you're younger and you, that you're just done aren't you and just like anything they say no annoying exactly if um, he's putting the ball in the net i'll stand up for him but everything else nah go to hell i'm only joking hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And George, you hit the post. So the reason why I wrote this is because this isn't a dissection, Rocco, but Piru in the run up to that, I thought did really well. And, uh, and I plucked it out because usually we're just like, eh, you did all right. But I thought Piru had, <laughs> had a good game. He did, I think. And uh, I mean, we'll come on to the, the important swap of their positions later that, that obviously works, but I did think he played well. Yeah. I, like one of my worries going into it was, uh, you know, Piro might just be, you know, completely invisible and, you know, we struggle to struggle to mount any pressure because of that. But no, he, he played well, didn't he? He had, he had a very good game. It's funny, actually, I realized just this second saying that sentence. I remember the before the Cardiff away game, you asked if I was confident and I said, I said I wasn't sure because I didn't know whether Gruev and Kamara in midfield could, could handle it. <laughs> and look at them now, like it's just unbelievable. Our second choice midfield, playing in midfield and just, yeah, with such ease against every team away from home, however many miles they've travelled. Whatever fitness, fixture congestion they've got to battle, just do it. Brilliant, aren't they? you got to actually think like the sign-ins in summer now that a few things have had to change, like Pascal dropping out are actually quite genius. The fact that Ampadu's been able to slot in, yet midfield looks, still looks really comfortable. So, like, kudos to all those sign-ins that, you know, like, people wrote Gruev off before he even touched a ball. Like, but look at us now. It's fantastic. I've got something to say about that. Go on. It's, I was going to save it for later in the, in the player ratings section, but it seems that you've said, pe- well, it seems that you're slagging off people for writing them off too early. Guess what you... Guest for right, Gruev's average. <laughs> moving on. Don't know. That, that's a lie. That's a typo. You've, you, you're trying to sabotage me. Five out of ten. A flat five out of ten you put him down as. Yeah, see, I was projecting, like, if I say everyone, everyone wrote him off, I'm just assuming, like, it was everyone and not just me. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, second half, I thought we looked very leggy. The signs of that were showing of our recent jaunts around the country, and I was a bit worried. What about you? Very, very worried and starting to get annoyed at Farker, my beautiful Daniel Farker. I was getting really pissed off because it just seemed like that typical situation that we've seen like in the other Plymouth games where we've dominated them and then we lose control of the game and then he doesn't make any changes till after they've equalised. I know people have forgotten about that situation, but it does exist. And on this occasion, Farker obviously was proved right because he, he actually said afterwards that Rutter was tired and I don't know if he said he wasn't playing well, but I don't think he was playing well, but he wanted to leave him on for the threat that he has. And yeah, clearly, yeah, maybe that's the whole reason why he doesn't make any subs until the 75th minute. But uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was getting really annoyed. Were you not? Were you just happy to trust the great man? No, I was nervous and I did think, yeah, they're getting into this. And uh, yeah, they tested, there was a point where they tested the near post where Melia made a save and then there was that scramble where he he caught one really nicely actually out the air yeah. to De- Melia as well. But I was really There was one nervous. that flashed across goals. That, that, mm. that looked like he should have scored. That was a, that was a big let off really actually. Yeah. And I think there was some, some moments where the game could have swung. So yeah, and I was definitely with you. Like, I'm sorry, I'm with you on that point that it felt like we should have, should have made a change, but. Who cares? We won now. Like we're through it. Oh, and that, yeah. that, that's all that matters. But I was definitely nervous at the time. And uh, you mentioned Piro and the, the position swap swapping. Go on. Yeah. So he swapped him, didn't he? Put, put Georgie up front, dropped Piro back. And then we get the second goal from exactly that. Piro feeding 
Georgie, absolutely amazing. But yeah, I, I thought it was, a, I thought like Rutter, great first touch to take it away from his man. And then again, he could have gone down and I reckon a load of players would have gone down under the challenge that came in, but he stayed on his feet. And then, yeah, I'm screaming at him to play it into Somerville. And then he takes a shot that was through the legs of the defender. And Bamsford said they always go in and, and it did somehow through the legs of the keeper too. So yeah, good on him. He just probably deserves a, a slice of luck in front of goal. Yeah, I, de- I think probably uh, probably the worst goal he scored for Leeds, to be fair. <laughs> you always have to end it on like a sourdough. <laughs> probably the most horrible, horrible moment in Leeds United's history. But yeah, no, it was a good was, ball by Piru. It was really good. And I thought Piru did excellent in the run up to that as well. And, uh, you know, being, being sort of moved around the pitch and having not played a lot recently because Bamford's been doing so well. I think brilliant. Like he did a great job, and you could tell he was probably one one of the freshest set of legs actually on the pitch in that game. So, but yeah, I'm a, I I put it in my notes just to talk about the Pat Bamford school of shooting that he mentioned on his podcast as well. And yeah, it was a double nut, nutmeg, or on here a typo. It says double double butt mare, which is <laughs> pretty bad. Something kind. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's a weird concept that, and it does appear to work, doesn't it? It's like I think I think the keeper must see it late for starters and when they see legs spread out they must assume that it's going to go around the far side of the leg so it's interesting yeah it's got to the point now where i'm actually noticing when it goes through the legs and doesn't go in like it it surprises (laughs) me that happened today luton had a shot through the scum player's legs and flashed just wide but yeah like nyonto midweek that went through the defender's legs into the near post as well yeah it's bamford did say like now he's mentioned it you'll you'll notice it all the time and yeah you do there you go 30 odd years watching football and paddy teaches you something new nice it's like when anyone mentions something you've not noticed before then that's all you can hear isn't it so now i've got one for you listen to the star wars theme tune there's a triangle in it right at the start. You hear a triangle go mad. And now whenever I hear it, that's all. I can only hear the triangle. Let us know uh, if you can hear the triangle. I like right. that to my list. I've got yeah. to watch Saltburn yet. And oh, then, God, and then after bother. that, don't bother. Well, you can listen to Star Wars, but don't bother with Saltburn. Anyway, Dan James came on. Lovely to have him back. And he was marvellous as well. I think the first bit of work he did was bomb down the right-hand side back into a defensive position. And I think he won as a, won as a, won as a throwing back. So. That was just great. Great to, it's mad, isn't it? To think that we've been on this mazy run and that we haven't even had Dan James. He's been absolutely class all season. It's ridiculous. That is an embarrassment of riches. And I mean, the most crazy thing is he's not going to get back in the team unless there's an injury. Like he, he actually isn't. He's going to be a substitute until someone gets injured, which is just bonkers. So yeah, wow, amazing. And yeah, I mean, his free kick was was lovely. I guess you want to forensically analyze the penalty incident, do you? I just put penalty, <laughs> question, penalty question mark and then hits the bar on the free kick was my, my notes. I thought the free kick was amazing. He was unlucky not to get him. Penalty, it wasn't a penalty because I think he was giving it for the like pull on his waist, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. it was. But in real time, it was like, what? I know. I think he just bottled that all together. Like he didn't want to. He didn't want to give it the other way and he didn't want to give us a penalty. So yeah, just settled for a free kick. But yeah, I, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't even have thought Dan James was capable of that technique, you know, a few months ago. And then now when he's stepping up for a free kick, I was, I was excited to see what he could do. Yeah. What a great effort. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. I just want to see them all doing this in the Premier League. I'm just like, yeah, desperate to see how we could do in there. I, I think we'll do well. But yeah, that's the next question. I just can't. 
I can't get there yet, Rocco. I'm not there. Like everyone's thinking, well, not everyone, but a few people are thinking too far ahead, but I'm too scared. I just cannot do it. I refuse to think beyond Leicester City, which is a good way to be. Their manager at the end said that he's, he was just glad he doesn't have to play us again. And the stats were all rolling around from everyone. I think Bryn even mentioned it at the end of the game. But it's the first time we've won eight league games in a row since 1931, which is absolutely massive, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, 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 it's phenomenal. Uh, and then, yeah, we've got the club record, 10 wins in a row. So that's probably, well, because that cup draw was still a few few away from that. But yeah, league league is there to be done if we can if we can beat Leicester on Friday night. And uh, yeah, I noticed that we've won 10 and drawn one of our last 11, which is as good as we've ever done over 11 games, which is phenomenal. And yeah, it's just... It's just absolutely astonishing what, what we're doing. Just so much admiration for them. It's, it's incredible. Ah, oh, do you know what I noticed today as well? This is mental, actually. I should, I should tweet this. It might go viral. But we've won 21 games this season, right? It's mid-February, yeah. Last season, Luton won 21 games all season and finished third. That's Crazy, mad, isn't it? Yeah, that is yeah. mad. That shows you how tight it is at the top. and which. You're supposed to remind me of this, the question, Rocco. What was the question that, I, uh, that you... Go on. Oh, I've got to remind you to ask me a question, James. Don't forget. Here's the question. Could the top four all go down to the last game of the season? Could it be a complete swap around of everyone? It could do. Yeah, it's the championship. Like, I still feel like Leicester could have a, a big wobble in them at some point. Ipswich have had it. We've had the start of the season when then a sort of mini wobble at Christmas. Southampton had their four defeats in a row. I think they're probably due another little wobble. So yeah, I think I think it could. It'd be incredible if it happened. But yeah, I'm... we were chatting last night, weren't we, about Leicester and the fact that their fans seem to get a bit on the Maresca's back. There was a point like where they were 12 points clear a few weeks ago and they were, they were on his back. So I can't, cannot understand it. And you think a tough game at Ellen Road, which is what, all I want, like, you know, like a point would be good, let's be honest. But a tough game for them at Ellen Road, if we got three points, massive if, things will start to turn there as well because, you know, all of a sudden the gap has, the gap has tightened quite rapidly. Not through anything really of their, their own fault. It's just the fact that everyone underneath them is doing superbly well. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that with Leeds in that Grayson season, you know, as soon as the gap gets down to six or seven points, you start panicking. And the Bielsa season as well. At Christmas, when we went up, we were 12 points clear or something. And then, yeah, you, you, you start, yeah, you, you panic. Of course you do. And, and then if, if the fans, if there's, a, if there's a certain number of fans that are on his back while they're 12 points clear, like imagine when, if they're down to six points and then they'll be really getting annoyed and worried. And yeah, hopefully that manifests and you don't know what can happen. Pressure does very funny things to teams. And I mean, they can't keep going as they are anyway. I know they've just lost at the weekend, but you know, no team's ever going to get like 120 points. And they were tracking that like most of the season, I think. So they are going to have a sticky patch. So yeah, let's cross our fingers and hope it's, it's now that it's starting. I did contradict a tweet where I just said, just watch Leeds games, just focus on us because I watched the Leicester game. And and they were like Leicester were so close and so unlucky on so many occasions. Like Vardy had a missed an absolute sitter, and but yeah, Luke Ayling playing right back, and he 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 absolutely nailed their left winger. I've forgotten his name. Is it and Diddy? I can't remember. 
Possibly. Maybe. He's a midfielder, NDD. Right. He, he, na- he nailed one of them <laughs> and he got a yellow card. It was brilliant. And uh, those were the keen eye. Dara pointed out in our WhatsApp that Luke Aylin put on Instagram a post up the borough, but he's, he put little white hearts on it as well. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Lovely stuff. You uh, see the highlights though. Like, less than about load of chances, didn't they? Yeah. Good, isn't it? It's good. Man of the match was given by Sky to Georgie, and I saw a picture of him receiving his award with Neil Warnock, big like mural in the background at Plymouth. So, Shudder, like completely distracted me from what should have been a very nice moment. What did you think of that decision? I disagree, and then I also agree because because basically I, throughout the game I was so annoyed, like and frustrated with him. But I think he was just weary, wasn't he? Like you could tell he was just the stuff where he normally holds it up and pl- passes it around quite well. He was just losing, or or he yeah. would hold it up and turn a player, and he, he just he was losing it. But on paper, he's got an assist and a goal, so maybe you know he does deserve it. I'm finding it hard to pick out someone else. Maybe maybe Ampadu. I thought Ampadu had a had a great game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who I'm going to go with. You come back to me. Who are you going with? I think I'll go with I think I'll go with Rodon because I can't think of anyone else know. and it's all I know. I think I've probably given him man of the match fifty percent of the season. But yeah, just again, just just in these games where we need to hold on, he's just absolutely vital. A cheat code at the back. So yeah, I'd give it to him. I'm gonna go for Ethan Ampadu purely because the referee stood on his toe. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. He like walked back and basically just, yeah, probably broken a metatarsal or something. The sort of injury we don't need. Could um, have booked himself. Yeah. Poor Ethan. So yeah, my man of match is going to Ethan Ampadu because I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, anything else to cover off? Player ratings, we probably go on to those, don't we? Player ratings, yeah, we're in this situation where we've got to do two games. Oh yeah, that's true. In fact, one last point on Plymouth before we go into player ratings. The mascot. Did anyone see the mascot? <laughs> yeah. His United mascot was being videoed coming off the, the pitch at the start of all the other Plymouth ones and he, he was just giving stick to all the home fans. Oh, it was brilliant. I loved it. So good. I've got something from the Plymouth game, but it's probably one of those you had to be there moments. But well, anyway, there was a moment in the first half and we were discussing Furpo. I was discuss- discussing it with my friend Paddy, who is our biggest fan, James. He said that this is the best podcast he's ever heard. He'd only had a few pints as well. He said, he said he like, he likes him, but he's just, he's like never, he's always expecting him to do something stupid. And then like one second later, (laughs) he had the ball and he just like flung himself forwards, like to win. It was like an ailing flop, but it was like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a Frosby flop, actually. It's like he just absolutely launched himself. Won the free kick though, but it was very funny. If anyone can remember, they might find it humorous or not. Lovely stuff. Yeah, that's good. So it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Play ratings. Right. So Swansea, should we just do what we did at the weekend and say all eights and then give Willie a nine for his two goals? Yeah, let's do that. Speeds it up. We, we we stop our listeners from leaving us. Let's move on. <laughs> Great. And, and Plymouth, it might end up being similar. So Melier, eight? Yeah, I thought Melier had a really good game. Eight, eight is yeah. fair. He, yeah, that catch was excellent. A couple of decent saves. Good lad. He's chomping, isn't he? I saw, is it Paul uh, Rob- Robinson on Twitter where he, there was like a photo of them all celebrating at the end and he said it looks like Melier's doing a mime or he is a mime. <laughs> if if you've seen that. Well, if you haven't seen it, go seek it out. It's funny. Melier still not quite touching 7 out of 10 for the season, but he will be soon. He's flying. Right back, Archie. I think an 8 again. Excellent performance. Absolutely yeah, accomplished. Good. And then we have... He's dodgy and 8. I, lo- I love him, but he's the one thing that worries me in the Leicester game. I just feel like there's a red card in him. and I just don't want to see it. My favourite chant is definitely, you've seen first, it's the best. I love his new chant, his proper chant. I think that's brilliant. I think Sing that's going to take right. off across the country. Sing. I can't remember it. <laughs> I can't even remember the tune. <laughs> moving, no, we're moving on. We've got to move on because I just want on. you to look like an absolute lemon. <laughs> it's going to it, take off. You. Can't remember it. It's a, I don't want to remember it because it'll literally keep <laughs> me up all night. <laughs> right. It's PG this. Zero on. Give him an eight. I, I always feel bad shouting for nine every week for him. Give him Is him eight nine. enough? Give him a nine. That's how you feel. Nine. He's, 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 he's above the level. He's just incredible. Nine out of ten for Joe. Yeah. Ethan Ampadu, ten. Well, uh, do, uh, do you know what? Do you know that chance that flashed across the goal? Ampadu didn't track his man properly. So I'm going to say eight out of ten for Ampadu. Keep his average down because you, you want to get him up to a nine for the season, don't you? <laughs> I love him. I think he's brilliant. And this isn't Me about too. my own agenda, Rocco Dean. Published author. You want him to have a nine? Published author. Go on. No, eight. It's fine. I forgot about that. Okay, honest. Nice one. Kamara might give a seven. I think he was a bit sloppy a lot of the time. I think I, he contributed to our non-dominance. I think it's probably fair. And I think it's also something to comment on, sort of say, it, the, the schedule in a position like that is grueling. So it's forgiven, I would say. Oh yeah, hundred percent, and yeah, probably Gruev same. I don't, I don't think he was as dominant as he has been. So seven is fine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I can't wait to Having see what, what they do with Harry Winks next week. Anyway, absolutely, that will be interesting. And that other guy, what's he called? Dewsbury Hall. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something. And then we come on to the fluid four, and we have Somerville. Do you, with, you use uh, a different F every week, don't you? We've had fantastic, we've had fluid, we've had ferocious. Yeah, I've not, I've not repeated myself. Go on. Yeah, we are. I think, no, maybe we haven't. Maybe that's right. next week. Because I was going to have to, yeah, I'm starting to get to the point where I might have to actually think hard about it or even consult a thesaurus at some point. Fertile. Yeah, keep going. Somerville, Eben? Does he need an eight? Didn't do much, did he? Did he? I think a seven's probably fair, but it's just like, he's so good, isn't he? And it's just like, mm, didn't really do anything. Oh, that one where he cut inside and ballooned it into the rose Z. That, that's worthy of a seven. Seven. Willie, I don't think he wants a nine, does he? Should you give him an eight? 
Eight's totally fair. I think he had a great game. Yeah. He's doing well as well. Five and five, is it? I think it is, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. George, you'll have to have an eight again, won't he? Yep. Good. Excellent. Good numbers for the man. How many has he got now? He's six goals, maybe? I don't know. We don't have him in front of me. Let's say six. Don't worry. Let's, Let's say six. I'm, I'm rarely Let's wrong. He's, he's, becoming, he's becoming a respectable total anyway. He needs to get into double figures. And then Joel Peru, give him an eight, shall we? Yep. I thought Joel's doing a job for us, which is great. That's all we can ask. Excellent. And no subs to Mark, I don't think. Or should we, do we want to? Nah, James doesn't need a seven, does he? He needs he an, eight. an eight. Oh. Do you uh, want him to have an eight? No. Nah. I, mean, I think seven, I think, let's leave Dan out of this one. Leave him out. Leave him out of it. What about Tintin? He came on on the right wing, I think. Is that right? He's playing sort of right, like, right mid. Funny, like inside right mid. It was weird. It worked. Yeah. They're obviously worried about threat over there. So yeah, he did a, did a job. Yeah, he did do a good job. Uh, good game management. He was buzzing around. He's very busy. He looks. He looks like. He looks like exuberant and sort of yeah. He's sort of like into it already. Like he's not. He's he's, like, he's not going to mess around. At times, he's a bit like a mirror of Thurpo for me, just wild challenge coming in. They were a very wild one. Which is what I worry about, especially going into Leicester next week. God, but anyway. No no yeah. red cards, no injuries is all I ask. And a win, obviously. And, Only and three no things. goals conceded. And no goals conceded, four things. That'd be nice. Um, and, and four goals, and then we equal the goal difference for them as well, don't we? Yeah, exactly, which would be class. So... A few little stats from LUFC data. Leeds have now kept 15 clean sheets in 33 championship matches under Daniel Farker. The club have only kept more in the first 33 games of a second tier season once before in 1923, which was 17, which is amazing. And Leeds have, conceded, amazing. Leeds have conceded the fewest league goals of any side in England's top four tiers in 2024. Just the one goal, which is amazing as well. So yeah. Go on. You should. You might be able to like expand on that. Like maybe even like, will there be any team in Europe that's conceded less than us? Probably not. It'd be worth looking no, at. Let's, let's just say that there isn't. Let's just. I say need to. I need to issue an apology actually to LUFC data because I felt cool. really guilty after after last week. I was like like slamming stats, saying they were a load of nonsense, and then and then they yeah. It turns out they read my my review and because obviously they got mentioned in that for their. 14 stats that they put out on Valentine's Day about how amazing Farker and Leeds are. So then I felt really guilty. But yeah, it's all good. We love stats, don't we? Like, and it is, especially at the minute, when you've got a joy of stats, which is what, what which is always what worries me because I just think there are so many good stats floating around and it'll be, do you remember that season where we broke all those records and then messed it up in the last three games or something stupid? Anyway. Yeah. That's where my head Leicester. goes. Yeah. Leicester, as the Americans said when they won the Premier League, because they didn't know how to say it. That was a long time ago. They're in the championship with us now. Uh, it's a tough, tough, big fixture at Ellen Road. And uh, I just got, I've got a feeling that Jamie Vardy will spoil it for us like he always seems to do. But, but who cares? Like, great. It should be a great game. We might lose. Let's not lose our heads if we do. What are your thoughts on it, Rocco? Yeah, I think, I mean, if I was to predict it, I would probably say one off. But I was having a look. We're, we're odds-on favourites to win, which I was a bit surprised about. But yeah, obviously going to be tough. 
I'm very much looking forward to it. I want to find out who the best team is. And, you know, at their place, we won. It was an even game, but I think we looked a more accomplished side that night. And so we just need to do it again and prove that we're better than them. And then it really will be game on and we'll be looking looking up rather than down, which is crazy. Well, we'll be, we'll be looking down as well, no doubt about it. But yeah, yeah. Because they've got they've got pretty easy games, haven't they? Southampton and Ipswich midweek, so we're probably going to be third going into Friday night. Yeah, quite possibly. And it's a really good point that about looking up because right now we are sort of thinking, what's what are Southampton going to do? What are Ipswich going to do? And I do feel like if we do beat Leicester, there will be the taste of blood and the idea that you know I think Farker will instill it in all of them. Like we want to go win this. Like we want we want to win the league and. That's the sort of steel and grit that I think we, we need installing at that point. So yeah, it's it's huge. And why not? Like why? Like why do we focus on? I, I mean, it is the nature of like a you know, like I said, a, a scarred past. But why not? Like think about what's ahead of you and what what could be. Like winning the title. Winning the title would be unbelievable, considering how we missed out on it last time. And and you know, the fans and everyone would deserve it. The club would deserve it. People like Cooper who are still here would would deserve it as well. So. Yeah, and Farker as well. You know, Farker does deserve it, and it's like such an extinguished, extinguished ah, list <laughs> of managers that have won this trophy. Yeah, Reeve, Wilkinson, and Bielsa, and like Farker. You know, like whether or not he's up there with those those names, like obviously it's not for me. But the job that he's done this season is absolutely up there with any manager of my lifetime. He's done an unbelievable job. Uh, so far so if he was to finish that off and win the league um, in the most difficult championship season ever with what's gone on at the club at the start it would just be phenomenal so yeah I'd love him to do it I think that's probably a good place to uh, to end the podcast for this week and uh, yeah really excited about the game good to have a a few days break running up to it because I think all the players are going to need it and it's been a it's been a long 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 run the last few few weeks and uh, just amazing that we came away with full points from it as well just brilliant and you can't, can't ask for more so yeah let's have a deep breath and then go into the storm of Friday night at Ellen Road so whew, looking forward to it uh, yeah have a great week everyone. Network.